Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. You're listening to Footy Prime News and Such, your one-stop destination for footy news and such. Footy Prime, your almost daily footy fix. Good Friday, football fans, and welcome to, yes, our fourth podcast of the week. It is Footy Prime News and Such. I'm James Sharman. Brendan Dunlop joins us to talk about some of the big news making the rounds uh, as the, the week comes to an end today. With the news of the Canada-USA match, seeing its capacity in Hamilton reduced to 50%, about 12,000 fans, we thought we'd bring on a guy that not only covers Canada very closely for the Athletic, but actually lives very close to, well, in Hamilton and very close to the stadium. Joshua Cloak of the Athletic joins us. Josh, how you doing, mate? Good. Looking out uh, my window, kind of uh, with the stadium somewhat in view and the snow is falling, so could be could be ice tech apart too. We'll see. Let's hope so. That was uh, quite the experience, wasn't it? Yeah. It was a lot of fun. Um, so, Josh, let me ask you this. Uh, obviously, a lot of fans are upset. They're angry. All, all the tickets have been cancelled. Um, they're going to then contact everyone and tell them how they can now acquire just 12,000 tickets. I don't know what choice the CSA had, and football fans like to get upset and angry, but what were your, your thoughts on what happened yesterday? Yeah, I agree with you. I don't know what else they could have done. Um, I think it was kind of inevitable. I think when we saw the, you know, earlier that morning when, you know, the provincial government announced that moving forward, um, you know, arenas would be at or arenas and concert theaters would be at 50 percent capacity or 500, whatever is is lower. Um, I think that kind of set the bar for the announcement to come a few hours later. I mean, obviously, this is the first kind of outdoor event in Ontario um, in a long time. So I think 50% is, is probably reasonable. Um, I, I will say what's kind of interesting to me when you think about this, like, you know, we were just talking about the game in Edmonton um, and all these upset fans and, and rightfully upset fans, you know, fans that would have been traveling in from outside of Hamilton to come to the game. You know, if you think back to the game in, in Edmonton, those two games in Edmonton charms, you know, you were there, it was, very evident that there was a game going on. There were banners everywhere. They were promoting the game. There's nothing like that in Hamilton right now. There is zero evidence walking around Hamilton that this game is happening. And I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. I think what that just speaks to is the fact that the demand to be part, be around this team, watch this team is higher than it's, I would say, ever been. So yeah, there's a lot of upset fans, but the the way I 
tend to look at it this morning is if it's also a sign of how far this men's national team has come in that they can, you know, cancel tickets and people will be livid. Whereas what, whereas what four or five years ago, maybe even less than that, 50% capacity at Tim Hortons field for a men's national team game would have been pretty good. Right. So that, that's kind of where my head is at with it. Yeah. There's a lot of upset fans, but I don't know what else they could have done. Yeah, that's a great point. Uh, I was at that stadium with you for the semifinal between York and Forge. And that yeah. was the, you had said that you felt that the Canadian Soccer Association was going to choose Tim Hortons Field as the venue. At that time, we could have had a full capacity crowd for that CPL game. Yeah. And the idea of a full capacity there very much made it feel like Ice Tech a 2.0. How much is lost by it just being a half venue? And are the conditions there really going to be much different from from Edmonton in your mind and, and affect the game in any different way? I actually, I think it'll be quite similar. And again, like I'm literally looking out the window right now and the snow is falling and, and I don't, I'm not a weatherman, but I don't anticipate that changing much over the next nine days. Um, and it's interesting that the stadium itself is a lot more kind of exposed to the elements than, mm-hmm. than Edmonton, right? When you get there, you'll see that, you know, the north and the south stands or there, there are no north and south stands. So you, you you open yourselves up to a lot more wind. I expect the conditions to be like a lot more hazardous than they were in Edmonton. Um, and I know we're going to talk about kind of expectations for the game. So I, I don't know if it favors one team. I don't like, you know, I, I know that the, the game against Mexico was picturesque and that, you know, there was the snow and, Sam Atacube, like jumping in the snow. And it was this really kind of memorable seminal event for the men's national team. I, I'm predicting this to be a little bit more of a slug fest, you know, like with, with, you know, with fewer fans, because the atmosphere ahead of that, that game against Mexico was fantastic. You know, Laura Armstrong reporter for the star. We, we took a walk kind of around the stadium leading up to the game and, you know, the Voyagers were out. It was, it was fantastic. You got the sense that this was a big event, um, and you will lose some of that. Um, but I also think, you know, those fans that will be lucky enough to to get tickets, I expect they will feel that kind of onus, responsibility to bring it a little bit more. Um, so we'll see. I, I, I think it'll be memorable, but just perhaps in a different way. It does concern me a little bit that you say you haven't seen any any banners or there's no buzz around Hamilton. Um, I know it's still nine days out. Maybe it's still to come. But for, for me, you want to create a football culture, a soccer culture, yeah. you know, around the biggest games. That's how you do it. And I really hope there isn't an arrogance that, oh, well, we're going to sell anyway. So, you know, we don't need to make any extra effort. You know, it, I, I don't know. It, it just it does worry me a little bit. Yeah, and that's and that's I, I agree with you. I guess the there was if you look at the like if we're comparing it to the way things were in Edmonton, they had two games, and I think there was a lot of and it, second of all, the the stadium there is far bigger than Tim Hortons Field, so there's a, a there's a bit of a pressure to to fill that stadium, right? I mm-hmm. think you know twenty just over 20,000 at Tim Hortons field. Um, I think given what they saw at BMO field for the earlier kind of games in this qualifying campaign, it, yeah, I agree with you that it would be nice to see that kind of that, that hype, you know, hyping this up, but the men's national team made Edmonton their home base for like what a week, more than a week. This is kind of a fly in fly out kind of thing, right? They'll, they'll be here for, 
what, 36 hours, right? They'll, they'll have enough time to come in, get acclimatized, match day minus one training, pop over to my house for a few pizzas. Um, and then, and then, you know, the, the, the game on the Sunday and then they'll fly out the next day. So I don't know because you know it was kind of a controversial choice to have those two games at Edmonton and really set up camp there for as long as they did. Um, I think that's probably why we're not seeing as much of a buzz around Hamilton. Um, also, I mean, it was Alfonso Davies homecoming there. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and that's not the case here. Again, I just come back to it. I think, you know, it's, it would be nice to see a little bit more of a, a presence, but I think, you know, if there was probably some concern in and around the CSA, like leading up to it, like in the, in the last few weeks, months, like what's this game going to look like? And I'm not saying they contemplated this, but I wonder if there was some contemplation about, should we move the game elsewhere to, you know, if, if there's not going to be any fans allowed in Hamilton, you know, what, how do we maximize this? So it's just kind of a strange time. And I think that's, that's probably why we're not seeing those kind of banners and, and, and promotion, I guess, leading up to it. Mm-hmm. To the game itself, obviously no Alfonso Davis. Um, and the fact of the matter is there's more depth than we've seen in the past. So obviously it's not the, the crippling blow perhaps that it would have once been, but let's not get ourselves. You know, I think we do need to realize it's still a massive blow, right? You, you lose arguably the best player in the region. Uh, the guy that brings that fear factor. If, if you are any of these teams, whether you're Honduras, El Salvador in particular, the States, knowing that there's no funsy, you're far more at ease ahead of this game. Um, that being said, I mean, what do you think is, is the best way to deal with that loss within that starting 11? Well, John Herdman's n- always relied on players who are in form, right? And and I think that means there's there's two I, – I see two options. But, again, knowing John Herdman, we could see a curveball, especially for that U.S. game. Um, I think the first thing you look at, the one that, that's pretty easy that's on the table for me is moving – Tejon Buchanan from the right to the left. He played, you know, we know he's kind of a right winger, right wing back, but he played on the left in the Gold Cup. And I think that was the tournament that he really announced himself, you know, on a kind of an international stage. So I would be, if, if it's, if it's me, I think that's the first, I think that's option A, right. And you move him up and you, you have a, a front three of, of Buchanan, Kyle Aaron and, and Jonathan David. And, I mean, to me, that front three still beats what the U.S. has in their front three. Mm-hmm. So it's this incredible luxury, I think, to have a player of his caliber who is probably full of confidence just having moved to Belgium and, and is already starting for Club Bruges, a very good team in the Belgian league. Um, so that's option A, I would think. Option B, to me, is probably relying on Liam Millar, who's a player that's just kind of on the cusp of breaking through with the national team. He's been in the program for a long time, Liverpool youth player couldn't, you know, crack into the, the Liverpool first team. And, uh, you know, that, that's no slag on him. Right. Um, but he's a player that's having a great season at FC Basel. He's played the left side. He's 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 more of kind of a number nine, but I think he can play that that left wing role. He's scoring goals in in Switzerland right now. This is a player undoubtedly with a ton of confidence. And I was talking to, to Liam a few months ago and, you know, his, he said his message, the message John Herdman gave him was be patient. Your time will come. Like we're not, we haven't forgotten about you. You know, we, he can see the front three that Canada would have had anyway, just an incredibly stacked attacking kind of lineup up top. 
Um, so he's a player that I would probably lean on. Um, he's a player that I, I, I liked what I've seen from him in his national team appearances, but he's just kind of waiting for that that chance to really break through. So he's another player. And I think then you have two options to kind of spread out over three games. Um, you know, Junior Hoylet is another player. We haven't seen the roster yet. Junior Hoylet is another player that could get called in, provide some depth. I don't think – I agree with you. You know, of all the players to lose, you don't want to lose that player. But if you're going to have him healthy for that final qualifying window, I think that's way more pivotal, right? When you're going to have another two away games um, and that's the window. But I don't think they can qualify even with three full three wins in this window unless both Mexico and USA drop all three of their games. Um, so I think as long as you have, you know, a healthy Alfonso Davies for that last window, you're in a better spot. And I don't think this is the blow that it would have been, you know, two years ago if you lost Alfonso Davies. I hadn't even thought of the prospect of qualifying in this window, though. Like, what's the math for them to qualify in this window? <laughs> my, my, yeah, my editors asked me that the other day. Uh, and <laughs> of I, course I, they I, did. Yeah, and I started sweating because I'm like, I, I don't think they can. I don't. It's so tight. I mean, there's there's what, two or three point differential from one to four. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so then, you know, and, and it's so it, it, this is it's funny. I, I my editors as well, they 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 keep trying to get me to say, well, or to think about what's going to happen, you know, when Canada qualify. And I always kind of, you know, put my finger up and say, we've been conditioned here north of the border to think that it's not going to happen until it actually happens. And even right. then it's difficult to think about. Um, so they're, they're, they're not out of the woods yet by any means. They're in an incredible spot. They're in a better spot than I think anybody would have predicted coming into this qualifying campaign, but they're not there yet. But I also think this is a team that has shown in the big games, you know, and we're talking about the games, you know, in Mexico, the, the game on the road against the United States, they don't back down right there's a lot there's an incredible amount of belief within this squad and there's there's players that are just you know brimming with confidence you know you think about Richie Larea who just moved to the championship this is a move that you know he's been pining for for years you know you have players that are just again in incredible form for their club sides so I'm not as worried I guess as as maybe some some other people are about their kind of prospects going into this window. Mm. I'll say this, though. Um, as much as, you know, we've been so impressed with them so far and there's no doubt that mm. they've gone way above expectations thus far, there's still a part of me that still needs to be convinced by this team. And that is because I want to see them on the road in Honduras yeah. and Panama, right? I mean, I know they did the Azteca and they were incredible, right? But that wasn't quite the prototypical Azteca experience. It's going to be that way, I think, in Honduras. And -hmm. I want to see how they respond to that because that is volatile. It's nasty. I suspect they're going to be just fine, but I'm still yet to see that. And when I see that, then I'll be okay, boys, now we're, now we're real. Yeah. I, I, part of me is inclined to agree with you. uh, If only because if you look at the fact that Honduras and El Salvador have pretty much been eliminated, so they're not going to be interested in playing Football, if that makes sense. I don't know how interested they are. Or they're going to be in, you know, going after the game and attacking the game as much as they are going to be interested in just making life miserable for the Canadian team. Um, and potentially, you know, I've had some people kind of 
it, it, some some people close to, to to Bayern and some people in German soccer say that there's a bit of an there's a bit of anxiety I think you know with with and any big European club is always protective of their players. But I think when you saw the way, you know, Davies was kind of treated in some of those early games against mm-hmm. these Central American teams, you know, the level of, of fouling, the physicality, like if you're Bayern, you get a bit nervous watching, you know, a, a huge part of their team be subject to that kind of play. So I'm not saying it's better that Davies is out. Maybe I'm just trying to be a bit optimistic. Um but yeah, I, Sharms, I, I agree with you in that, like, you know, they're still not there. But I, I do think, you know, if you can get over, like, if you can stay undefeated against Mexico, I don't know why you don't, you, you, you shouldn't have the self-belief in those games to think we've overcome bigger challenges than this. We should be fine. Mm-hmm. So reading between the lines, what you're saying is, well, you know, I'm, I'm sure they, the concern is there from Bayern with the heart situation that Fonzie is dealing with. At the same time, they looked at the calendar immediately and thought, this is fantastic. We're keeping him out for, they said three weeks, we're keeping him out for five weeks. I five mean, weeks, I, he's sitting. Yeah. And I, I, again, I, I don't, I don't think they're going to rush. I don't think Bayern is going to rush Alfonso Davies back. I think he'll be fine for that final window. Mm-hmm. But I mean, this, Again, if you look at the way this team has played, like they've avoided serious injuries, you know, throughout this, these, this qualification campaign. These kind of things are bound to happen. And, and John Herbin alert, alluded to that way back in the beginning before this, this qualifying run started. He said, you know, we know the soccer gods. We know things are going to turn. We know, you know, the majority of the second half of our games are away. We know things are going to get kind of tricky for us. And, and now they're in it. Right now, they have to rely on that squad depth. Um, so I think we'll probably see a few surprises when the the roster is announced. What I presume to be this weekend. Um, so we'll see. But again, like all of the windows, it's shaking up to be a, a really, really important one for Canada. This uh, I have a question for the two of you, uh, Josh. You can answer first. Jonathan David has been rumored to go everywhere, and it seems like every every top club in the Champions League is linked or interested in Jonathan David. Uh, yeah. He's going to get a lot of play. There'll be a, a lot of people watching those games in Honduras and El Salvador worried about him the same way we just described Fonzie. Uh, how important do you think this camp will be for him, and what are you expecting from him in this camp? And I say that because I feel as though when – you know, it's obviously a very different situation. And this team loves playing together. Yeah. We haven't seen him play to his level for the national team. And I feel as though, despite all the distractions happening right now, I feel as though this could very much be that window. I'm I'm expecting now to see Lil Jonathan David for Canada. Just well, yeah. And him scoring in the last window was important because I, I'm, I'm not sure if it was the window before it. that They're all kind of blending together. It was the game against Jamaica to me that was really disappointing, right? I yeah, yeah. I don't think Jonathan David has been as kind of clutch and and just has performed as efficiently as I think people would have expected given his play at the club side. I also think this the setup of the team is a little bit different. He kind of operates more as a lone number nine for Canada as opposed to Lille, where he's they have kind of a striker pair. Right. So, you know, maybe maybe it's a matter of getting Kyle Lahren to play closer to him. But Kyle Lahren is sort of a similar like they're both kind of poachers in a way. Right. And that doesn't always work as well. Um, 
So, uh, yeah, maybe Liam Millar, who, who can maybe he can provide those kind of runs off Jonathan David. But I think you're right. Like we're just waiting for him. And this would be that that perfect window to kind of break through. Um, you know, it's interesting. I'm, I'm, I don't want to kind of uh, give away secrets of the trade or whatever, but I'm, I'm please do. At, That's why I, we brought you on. Well, I'm working on a story with a colleague um, ahead of the, the Canada U.S. game. And I've been talking to, um, to to some national team players, um, and you know, I was kind of asking them about uh, the, the game in 2019, October 2019, against the United States, where they win in the Nations League, and a lot of things kind of change after that. And uh, one of the players was telling me that leading up to that game, there was a very clear message from the coaching staff, um, and it sounded a bit strange at the time, but it makes sense. The message was, "It doesn't have to be Fonzie." Alfonso Davies doesn't have to be the player that turns the tide here for you guys. And he didn't, you know, John Herdman didn't necessarily, you know, um, signify one, two or a specific player, but the message was you guys are a unit and there's more quality here than just Alfonso. So I wonder if that's a message that will kind of be brought back to the forefront. And I wonder if, you know, there's, there's other players that we haven't even talked about that, that, you know, could carry the load. Jonathan Osorio is one of them, right? I, you know, they can score from the midfield. We've seen that. Um, so I don't know who that player is, but I do think that there is a belief within this team that it doesn't have to just be Alfonso Davies. So to your point, yeah, maybe maybe this is the window where when Jonathan David finally breaks out. And you know what? He's got to be aware as a as a player, as a young player too, that his stock is rising. And a big goal against the United States would only up that transfer value even more, right? It's a great point. I mean, we see that all the time, how our teams become too dependent on one player and then they're easily to defend it against. And, yeah. you know, despite, you know, you see a, a wonderful talent wasted at a club. So I think it's a really good advice if that's what they were told. You know, we've got more than Fonzie. And that's what this team, this window shown me more than anything, Canada's more than Fonzie. And, and that's very, very refreshing and exciting. You know what's interesting about that too is um, after the win against um, Mexico, uh, I asked John Herdman um, in his press availability, uh, in his press conference, I said, is this the, the, the biggest win in your national team history? Like, is this the most important win for you? Um, and he kind of threw his hand up right away and said, no, it was the win against Costa Rica in the Gold Cup. And I, I that kind of took me back a bit or took me a back and I, I he said for for that team to be able to win without Alfonso Davies and Jonathan David and beat a very good Costa Rican team a team that you know they were probably at that point considered on par with in terms of who's the four or who's the third best team in CONCACAF I think that was a win that really obviously as he said resonated with him because he did it without Alfonso Davies and I think and, you know, until they qualify, there will be that kind of question over this team, right? Like they have the best player in CONCACAF, I think. If you can do it without the best player, that really changes the prospects of, of how this team is viewed and what they're capable of. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's going to be a fascinating couple of weeks and then we can get really nervous for for the next window and perhaps the, the promised land beckons. Um, Josh, quickly, we should get this in TFC 
Yep. Uh, you obviously cover the TFCB extremely closely. Um, we know about Lorenzo Insigne coming in. Lots of changes beyond that. Marco Delgado looks to be leaving. He's been there for a long time. I think actually, I actually did his first game with Sportsnet. I think I was, uh, I'm pretty sure it was Marky. I can't remember now. My memory is awful. But he's been there for a long time. Um, it's going to be a brand new team, it, it seems. I mean, there's more people coming in, more people leaving. Um, can there be too much change? Or given how poor they were last season, is it inevitable it has to happen yeah I, I think that's a I think that's a going to be something that that Bob Bradley is going to have to balance it does look like Marky Del, the team hasn't officially announced it but it does look like Marky Delgado is gone I, I asked Bob Bradley and his first kind of training camp availability what he saw in the um in the midfield that he has right now that gave him confidence to move on from Marky Delgado um, and immediately he, he mentioned Ralph Prizo and Noble Akello. So I, I think, yes, there's going to be a lot of change, but I think what we could see in terms of holdovers is TFC's young players taking more of, of a role. Uh, we know they re-upped on Io Akinola, right? So we're talking about Noble Akello, Ralph Prizo, who I think looked like a more than capable, you know, MLS kind of holding midfielder. Uh, maybe, hopefully, we see more of Jaquiel Marshall ready. You know, I know this mm-hmm. team is, we know he trained with uh, some English clubs in the offseason or their offseason. Um, and so perhaps, you know, they're, they're going to start playing him because ultimately, if you want to sell him, which I think they eventually will have to, you're going to have to play him to up his value and show what he's capable of. So, yeah, there is going to be massive turnover. But I think if in terms of, you know, holdovers, this is a real opportunity for TFC's young players to kind of take that next step. Um, I think the back line is, is where we're going to see a lot of turnover. Shane O'Neill, they brought in, but they still, um, they still have to make some serious changes and improve that back line. Uh, Salcedo is, is a name that's been, you know, obviously we've, we've reported on that. I think that one is very, very close to being done. Um, and so that will that experience will certainly help your back line. I don't know what what all the changes will look like, um, but I, I just think that it was probably just long overdue, right? I, I I think I agree that like changes needed to be made. I think you know they they probably waited one maybe one and a half seasons too long to make these changes, and now you kind of have to go, you know, overboard and. And, and do all these things that you need to do. This is a club that's lacked ambition over the last year and a half. And the, the, the TFC of old, and I don't mean old, old, I don't think anybody wants to go back there, but, <laughs> but the TFC of 15, 16, 17, where they were, and even 18, they were ambitious. They went after big players. They wanted to be known as the biggest club in MLS. They've been lacking that, that mentality. Um, so I guess this is kind of that, that mentality coming to the forefront. We need to go big. Um, you get a lot of money from, for Marky Delgado, right? I was, I was, if the numbers are true, they, they're going to have a lot of money to play with. And, and I think they're going to just want to find players that can fit Bob Bradley's style of play. Give us a short answer, uh, Josh, how and when will the Josie Altador saga end? I don't think it ends well. <laughs> and I, I, I don't, I genuinely don't think we'll have an answer anytime soon. And I, I, I know that's a bit vague, but... Um, could he start the season with TFC? I think he could. I think it's incredible. I think it's very possible that he starts the season with TFC. 
when you have Insigne coming in, like, yeah, right now they have four DPs, right? We, you, when, when you consider that Insigne is coming in in July, you can punt the, the, that problem of having four DPs down the road and you can figure things out. Uh, Soteldo, I think, is probably gone before the season starts. But with Josie Alcidor, I just like if they want to buy him out, they have to come to a number that everybody's comfortable with. And if you're Josie Alcidor, why would you take a penny less than what you've been promised? You have a I agree with that. You have a contract in place. You're, if, if you're healthy and you're ready to play, he's not in training camp. Uh, so, you know, that that probably hurts my theory a little bit. But I would not be surprised if he starts the season on the roster, whether he not he's in the lineup. That's a different story. But I, I and, and for that reason, I don't know. I don't think it ends well. Well, we know that Josie hates to be a distraction, you know, to the team. So <laughs> perhaps he'll he'll force it through. You you said it all right there. <laughs> but at the same time, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, you sign a contract. The club should honor that contract, you know, one way or the other. I, I totally understand that. If you're if you're Josie Altador, you say, hmm, look at all the money you're throwing around. This yeah, exactly. I, you know, you, you can, if you want to buy me out, um, let's, let's talk, but I know how much is on my contract and let's start there. And they also just lost Dickio's contract from the, the, the coaching staff, which is massive, that a too. massive deal, like, like tens of millions. So, uh, you know, that alone should free up some, some coffers. I think that's probably why they're signing senior. Each left, they can now sign in senior. So this was a theory I'd been working with for a while, and I'm glad you kind of I'm glad I had a I had this double sourced because I was thinking about it. I thought that's that was the reason, and and now I know for sure. <laughs> yep, we're the insiders here on Footy Prime, mm-hmm. let me tell you. Josh, thanks so much, mate. Really enjoyed this. Uh, we'll get you back on real soon. It's gonna be a really, I think, fascinating and interesting few weeks and months for for TFC. You bet. Thanks so much, guys. Chandish Joshua Cloak from The Athletic. Uh, as we welcome back Dan Wong. Hey, Sharon. slowly but surely learning all things MLS himself. Oh, it's fantastic. Be MLS insider pretty soon. In fact, you told us about the Stolteri before we knew it. Paul Stolteri joining the, the coaching ranks. <laughs> fantastic, eh? And you wanted to talk about some EPL news. We were yeah, yeah. About- well, I mean, there's rumors, and um, they're pretty good rumors, about Christian Eriksen mm. being offered a return to professional football with Brentford. Um, he left into Milan because the Syria have rules that you aren't allowed to play if you've got a pacemaker or similar. Um, obviously, we all still remember what happened at Euro in that, that opening so opening game or opening couple of games. Denmark's first game anyway. And, and Saturday, first game I know probably. it was the Saturday. The Saturday yeah, game. Yeah. It was yeah. day, day two of the tournament. Day two. Yeah. Yeah. Day, so day two, yeah. And it really did cloud uh, a couple of weeks for sure. But um, he's apparently back doing really well. He's been given the pass by by the doctors, and Brentford would do very well to sign a player of his his talent and his name. But let's be honest. I mean, if you saw Christian Eriksen trotting out for Brentford or whoever it was this weekend or next weekend, I mean, there would be part of me that would be terrified. For sure. Absolutely. And I think, you know, Brentford fans must be feeling as incredible as it is to be linked with a player like Christian Eriksen. All these other clubs have passed on him and now we're the ones... Taking taking the flyer on on a guy, there's a you know a lot of uh, a lot of risk there for, for sure, right? I think pe- people would be afraid of, but um, it sounds like Brentford aren't the only ones. It seems like he's had some conversations with uh, with seven Premier League teams. Spurs were one of them, which I was surprised to to read. Leicester and Everton uh, amongst the other ones. I think Southampton too. So 
someone's going to give him the chance. He's if he's ready to play and he keeps getting doctor's clearance, someone's going to give him a chance to play, and that does make for just a truly incredible story that this guy this guy has. Yeah, on a pure player approach, though, I would think that if he's feeling comfortable and getting these doctors positive assessments, you know, I was just reading a Sky Sports and it's Jensen, Norgard, and and uh, the coach. Uh, sorry. Go on. Casper Lumlin. Thomas Frank. Wait, wait, yeah, sorry. Thomas Frank. Sorry. And, you know, don't you want to land in, obviously the money has to be right, but don't you want to land in a place that you feel comfortable after something like that? And if these guys are on your international side, you already have this built-in approach and a built-in kind of, someone's got my back. And if anyone needs to feel comfortable and confident, it's a guy who died for five minutes on the field, right? Like dead for five minutes, the paddles brought him back. Um, it was literally like, I mean, Sharms and I, remember we were, we were texting live. I brought this up in one of our other podcasts, but it was shocking. And I think what everyone needs to see is him running, being fit. And once that first kind of half is over, you know, showing up on the field, everyone will go, well, fuck it. This is perfect. Still. He's, he's great by, he's a captain. He's a leader. He's one of the best uh, players out there. And I think they just need to see that. And you got to give a guy his dream. If this is what he wants and you're comfortable with it, insurance policy, and then ready to go. Yeah, no, it's a great, it's a great point. Um, And I, completely support him in a comeback and I understand why any club would, would sign him, especially given the medical procedures nowadays, the testing, although he had testing before and obviously they missed something. Um, so I understand that confidence, but it's, it's not like a guy returning from a cruciate injury or a broken leg, right? He's not, he's going to have the same body. He's still going to have the same talent level, right? Mm-hmm. With a guy that comes back with a broken leg or a ankle dislocation, you wonder, will he be the same player? You know, this is purely a mental thing with him. If he feels confident enough to come back, then I believe he'll come back. But I remember watching um, the original Ronaldo return from injury. He had awful knee injuries. And I remember that first game with Inter Milan when he came back and every touch of the ball, I, I, I was like, oh God, please don't mm. hurt yourself. And then he hurt himself. Yeah. Right. Do you remember that? It was awful. After all the work he put in, and at the time I was doing a show called Sports World, which which B grew up on, uh, and <laughs> we covered the the rehabilitation because the feed service we used was doing it on a weekly basis. You know, there's Ronaldo on crutches after surgery. Here's Ronaldo walking on a treadmill. So we followed this this whole procedure ever since he, he returned. Then he got back, and then he did his knee again. It was it was just horrendous, but. Um, as far as Ericsson's concerned, yeah, we've got to all back him, of course. And if he believes it, his family's confident, then then why not? He can still be a really effective player. You don't need me to make you feel old. You were doing a daily sports world show when the original Ronaldo still played at Inter. I, I know. You. No Before you have you. Hey, listen, I'm, I'm at peace with my age. It's okay. <laughs> and you look good, buddy. You look good. <laughs> um, all right, boys. Um, anything else you want to get to? Um, yeah, next yes. week promo. B, who'd you book for next week? Oh, with the United States uh, coming up here to play Canada and Hamilton on January 30th. Hopefully, there's many Footy Prime listeners in the stadium. We will chat with uh, Grant Wall, who is expected to make the trip up, but uh, we'll do the virtual with him. 
Perfect. Outstanding. Grant's always a great guest. Had him, uh, when was that one? That was, uh, Jesus, probably about a year and a half ago. A year and a half ago, right? Yeah. Wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It was a great guest. In our greener us. days. In our he, greener days, we've now matured to uh, yeah. <laughs> four days a week. Um, so we'll BB, be dropping a weekend wrap on Sunday. Sorry, Charms. Sorry, sorry. I, I totally, I'm, I apologize. I totally interrupted you there. No, just saying four days a week. I'm just doing the promos. You, you go ahead, but B's weekend wrap on Sundays slash Mondays. Tuesdays, we'll be doing interview. Thursdays, we have our original uh, ridiculousness. And then Fridays, news and such. So we've mm-hmm. got the schedule down, and who knows, we might even slip a, a fifth day in there if we can handle it. And for those asking, uh, Dickio has not left us. He will return in some capacity. Uh, we have four podcasts now a week, as you mentioned there, and, and there's room for Deech. So don't worry. We'll let him get settled in Sacramento to begin with. And who knows? Maybe he'll get fired in the first six months from a turn here. <laughs> you, you never know. It's football. It's football. It can happen. It is right? football. He owes us. He'll make appearances. From a selfish standpoint, I really hope he gets fired. So he returns here. <laughs> Because I miss him. <laughs> That's the bitterness that he would bring the the piss and vinegar. Yeah. The be, anger, be amazing. I was surprised the emotions that that JC song brought up. Like I, I was, I was sad. Yeah, yeah, I was sad. Me too. Well, it's just profound lyrics, you know. That yeah. Danny D, Danny D, Danny D. It was great though. It was wonderful. All right, everyone. So as mentioned, we are back uh, probably really, really late Sunday night, but more likely Monday morning, you'll wake up to our, our weekend wrap and some big games this weekend. Spurs-Chelsea, by the way, should be uh, really interesting. AC Milan-Juventus as well in the Italian Serie A. There aren't many races worth watching these days, but the Serie A is certainly one of them. All right. So I hope you enjoyed that. Our thanks to Joshua Cloak. Follow us and subscribe and, and like us on all our channels. Be your, your ma- I know you well enough. You want to say something? No, I don't want to say anything. Oh no, you don't, you don't know me that well. I was sitting back comfortably, ready to ready to go, ready I to can go tell back. By to your bed. mouth, usually that you want to jump in with something, and he didn't. Talking about his erection again, like he did on Wednesday. Oh, Wednesday's night. poker, yeah, yeah. No, missed no, Wednesday's poker. No, it is the morning, but I I do not have have one. All right, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's good to know. Until next time, everyone. Cheers for listening. Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.